The Louisville men's basketball team had a rough weekend after losing 99-77 on the road at Wake Forest on Saturday evening. We'll talk about that contest and more on this episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Woeful Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the University of Various Sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked on Global podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. We'll start out this Monday edition of the show discussing how a big night for the Wake Forest offense helped the Demon Deacons pass the Louisville Cardinals 99-77. to We'll then transition, take a step back, and focus on one of the big issues of the season, and that is not having a number one scoring option. And then finally, we'll get into a little bit more of a positive uh, note and talk about um, why there is a lot to work with on this Louisville roster for the next men's basketball coach. We'll start out talking about the game from Saturday evening. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons handled the Louisville Cardinals uh, very soundly, 99-77 to in Winston-Salem behind a huge um, offensive night um, from the four. They were 58.2% from the field, 32 of 55 field goals. Um, however, they were 13, excuse me, 13 of 27 from behind the arc, 48%, and also 22 of 27 from the free throw line. So overall, it was a... It was one of those games to where it started out rough. Like Louisville was down probably 20 to 4 early on. And the Cardinals came back. Um, they made it a respectable halftime uh, deficit. It was uh, eight points. It was 44 to 36. And, um, you know, overall, I thought that, okay, they withstood a, you know, a big surge from the Wake Forest offense. They cut it to eight. Um, they got the momentum going into the second half. Let's see if they can do anything with it. And unfortunately, Wake Forest continued, you know, their hot shooting night and, you know, ultimately pushed the deficit out. And uh, it was, um, you know, out of reach early on in that second half. Looking at um, the box score, uh, Sidney Curry, what a night he had for the Cardinals off the bench, 28 points, 7 rebounds. He was the only Cardinal score in double figures outside of Noah Locke, who shot 50% from the field. He's still, you know, Noah Locke has uh, you know, quietly been having a very solid past couple weeks. Wake Forest, on the other hand, all five starters in double figures. Uh, Justin Laravia led the way with 23 points. Uh, Walton with 22. Alondez Williams, 5 for 12 from the field, had 11 points, 5 assists. Um, you know, Probably maybe the front runner for ACC Player of the Year. Didn't necessarily have his greatest game. Williamson had 15, and I think it's Musius had 12. Um, so uh, Hildreth also with 8 off the bench. It was just an instance to where... I think that you know the team is trying the hardest that they can. Um, you know, in, in some aspects, I also think you know the effort 
in other you know areas isn't you know the greatest and it seems like I wouldn't necessarily say that this team is checked out. I think that they're just trying to um you know put the pieces together and they just necessarily haven't been able to do so throughout the course of the season. We'll talk about one of the um you know the main obstacles that this team is facing in the next segment. Um but overall I I thought that you know certain players you know played pretty decently. Like like I said Sidney Curry man what a what a hell of a game he had! What a what a good half of last half of the season that he's had as well. Twenty eight points, looked very solid around the rim. No one could really stop him. He had a couple and ones. I love the way he attacked the basket when he got the ball down on the block. Um, you know, one concern I had with Sidney Curry's game coming into the season was how polished was his footwork down on you know in the low post. Was he going to be able to create you know his own shot? And we see the strength. I mean it's it's outstanding. I mean he's doing a very, very good job of using his body in a smart way. You know, I feel like with with guys that are you know extremely strong, uh one obstacle that you have to focus on is is opposing players really selling you know, the call and selling the contact and forcing a charge call. He does a great job of, you know, using his, con- you know, using his uh, contact and using his um, strength in the right way and avoiding those situations and really kind of, um, you know, showing that footwork off in, in the paint. I think that he's doing a better job of, you know, getting the ball, you know, face up toward the basket and attacking in the low block, getting the ball down, you know, on the baseline and attacking. So, I mean, I'm thrilled with the way that he's playing. I also think that Sam Williamson played pretty solid, had some had some good minutes, only had, I think, what, seven points, three for four from the field, but he had five rebounds. I, I liked what I saw from him offensively. Dre Davis also with eight points. Um, you know, L. Ellis and Jared West combined to shoot only five shots. Uh, no starter scored in double figures. Malik Williams played three minutes. Um, you know, had zero points. Jalen Withers played six minutes and had two points. It, you know, it was all Sidney Curry. He played 28. Sam Williamson played 22. Noah Locke had 30. Mason Faulkner had 21 minutes. I like the fact that we got to see some minutes from uh, Roosevelt Wheeler, although only scoring two points. I thought that he had some good minutes. Overall, just a game to where um, I didn't necessarily didn't necessarily think that Louisville was going to get absolutely blown out. I didn't think they were going to lose by 22 points. But, um, you know, with the way that Wake Forest had been playing, despite losing three out of the last four coming into Saturday evening, I thought that the way Steve Forbes had this Demon Deacon team playing, that, you know, Wake Forest definitely had the advantage that they maybe didn't necessarily have um, in that late game in December. So the Louisville defense, I mean, anytime you give up 99 points, um, it's not, not all of a, you know, hot shooting night. You know, it's, it's a little bit of everything. And um, I thought that Wake Forest had some open looks. They got some, uh, you know, rebounding wise. They they had some, you know, second ha- second chance opportunities that really hurt the Cardinals. Um, they didn't they actually didn't even out rebound. Louisville had a, a three, um, you know, three uh, rebound advantage in that category. But you know, credit Demon Deacons, man. They hit some very tough shots from the perimeter. I mean, you're talking about you know, guy, you know, in you know, within the you know the within the defender and the defender right up on the ball handler and just pulling up from behind the arc and, and banging the shot. I mean, I, I, that happened multiple times, especially in that first half to where, you know, you just had to throw your hands up. Like, I mean, good shot. Congratulations, man. Like you could, sometimes you can't play any better defense than what you see. Um, I think that Steve Forbes 
really utilized mismatches in the in the paint as well. And um, it, it didn't seem like Louisville really um, saw that, or they didn't really adjust that uh, until the second half. But by that point, I mean it's um, you know Wake Forest was able to continue the the um, you know hot offensive night. And I think that that's why I think that the Demon Deacons are one of the best teams in the ACC, despite um, you know not being up there in the standings you know at the moment. So. I want to transition into talking about one of the obstacles that um, you know I mentioned uh, just a little while ago. That is not having a true number one score, and I think that that's made things a little bit more challenging um, throughout the course of this season. We'll talk about why that is here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Bet on the Line and the title sponsor. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs, and it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Also, want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked on Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team every day. Also, before we get into the next segment, I want to mention um, that there is a new Locked on Louisville YouTube page. Um, if you follow us on social media at LO underscore Louisville, you can um, you know check out that new link, which is posted in every single um, you know, episode tweet. You can also check out my personal Twitter at defense underscore in the graphic below. Um, the page was 145 subscribers is the old one. The new one I think has 13. So, you know, go subscribe to that one, like, share, rate, um, you know, subscribe, etc. I definitely appreciate it. So, um, you know, without further ado, let's, let's, you know, get right back into the content of the show talking about the lack of a number one scoring option for Louisville. And, one of my biggest concerns coming into the season, if you've been listening to the podcast since the season started, one of my main concerns with this team was, yes, it looked like the team got some upgrades in the offseason. But unlike last season, I worried because that it didn't look like there was a number one scoring option on the team. Now, my response to that or you know, my attempt to alleviate some of those concerns was, well, um, you know, you, maybe they don't necessarily, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need a number one scoring option. Like you, not every team has a number one scoring option and some of it are successful. I mean, you see, you know, we were projecting Jalen Withers to have, you know, um, you know, take another step forward and possibly be an all ACC caliber player. Um, you were looking at guys like Noah Locke to take a, you know, next step forward, his game and possibly be, you know, a one B two a type scoring option. Dre Davis as well. Sam Williamson was a guy that I had some high hopes for Malik Williams. You know, you, you knew, or you thought you knew what you were getting from him. Um, L. Ellis, I mean, I predicted that he was going to be a guy that averages in double-digit scoring figures. Uh, right now, he is currently at uh, 8.8. There's not a single player on this Louisville team that averages over 10 points per game. Now, look, I get it. It's a balanced attack that Louisville has. Um, but it, it makes things more complicated because now you, 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 you put that aside. You put the number one scoring option aside. Now you have to focus, okay, that just – adds more responsibility to the supporting cast 
to, you know, make sure that you consistently put in good performances. And I think that that's been one of the main issues is not only is it a consistency issue, you know, consistency is something that you, you know, you strive for every single time you step out on the court. But not having a true number one scoring option makes that consistency issue, or I guess it sh- I should say it magnifies it. Because if you, let's, let's say if Carly Jones would have opted to come back. Um, and we'll we'll say you know maybe Noah Locke also decided to 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 you know to transfer in you know maybe Jared West doesn't. Um, let's say you add Carleague Jones to this roster and you take out um, you know like a Noah Locke or 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 a Jared West. You know Carleague Jones was an, a true number one scoring option, or even maybe a David Johnson who I think could have been a number one true scoring option. Um, if they have a good game. You know, like like a you know Carleague scoring seventeen to eighteen a game, or you know having a, a solid game that takes away some of the need for your supporting cast to you know step up more than if you didn't have a Carleague Jones to where you know you were being relied upon to you know handle the bulk of the scoring. So obviously you want your supporting cast to do good. I'm not saying that the supporting cast can you know take a night off because you have a number one scoring option. We saw last year that even when you do have that. You, you you still can struggle if the, if the supporting cast isn't stepping up. But I think that when you look at all the close games that Louisville's had this year and when they've, you know, kind of trailed and they've, um, you know, kind of battled back and forth and they've gotten the game to where it's within striking distance multiple, multiple times throughout the season and they aren't able to get over the hump. I think, I mean, I think that the correlation is right there. And I'm not going to say that I've been ignoring that notion that, okay, one of the reasons why this offense is struggling is because they don't have a go-to. They don't have a go-to guy. I mean, I think that ultimately L. Ellis will get there. I think that L. Ellis is going to be a go-to guy. I think that Sidney Curry is going to be a go-to guy. But I think that, you know, having to rely upon these guys, both of them, you know, early on in the season, or not early on in the season, but like early on in their respective Louisville careers, and um, I just don't necessarily think that that's a huge recipe for uh, for success. I'm not saying that either of those guys cannot be scoring options, nor can other guys on the roster. But I think that uh, you know, I because I think that those guys are very talented and they're going to get there. But I think that you know, as they get acclimated to the speed of power five ball, and as they you know get comfortable uh, with the rotation, I just think that um, you know, soon we'll see Ellis and Sidney Curry being you know you know big time you know, scoring options for Louisville. But at the end of the day, I you know, there's been a couple issues, and obviously we could talk about off-the-court stuff all we want. We talk about the coaching aspect of things all we want. Like, I, I get it, right? Uh, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of things, and there's no one thing that you can look to and be like, okay, this is the one reason why we're bad, or this is the main reason why we're bad, because I, you know, I think it's like this mesh that we're seeing of, you know, off the court stuff and you know coaching issues coming with like chemistry issues and lacking a scoring options kind of just combining and that's why the Cardinals are twelve and sixteen right now, um, you know so I, I think that you know there's a lot to you know be desired from in, in that category because I think that you know a lot of people came in saying okay no Locke's going to be that scoring option that number one scoring option and the, I think the reality that we're all kind of um, you know, gravitating toward now is the fact that no disrespect to no, but Noah Locke was has never been a, a number one scoring option in his career. You know, in his time at Florida, 
I mean, we're talking about a guy that never never averaged over 10.7 points per game. He's always been a very solid role player that shoots the ball well from behind the arc. Um, that just necessarily hasn't been the case. You know, Jared West is another one of those guys to where, you know, he, he came into Louisville and uh, not necessarily, um, you know, he was known for his defense. Matt Cross, a guy that came into Louisville, you know, known, known for being a spot-up shooter. And obviously he hasn't necessarily kind of lived up to that expectation. Um, but I think that we went into the season thinking that players were going to step into those roles and step into being a number one scoring option. And it didn't necessarily work out. You know, No Locke has, has been a role player. And I wonder if... You know, I think that he's having a, a season on par with, you know, how he's performed throughout his career. I'm not saying he's had a bad season. I'm not saying he's had a great season. I'm saying he's had, a, you know, his sample size, he's giving you what he's given, you know, Florida, you know, throughout his career. You know, he's, you know, you know, flirting with 10 points per game, shooting the ball over 34% from behind the arc. You know what you're getting from no lock. But I think that, you know, some guys are regressing this year, you know, mixed with, um, you know, just maybe not having that guy on the roster, that's where things, um, you know, the uh, you know, the struggles kind of start. So I think that that's why lacking a number one scoring option is one of the reasons why it's made things kind of tough for the Cardinals uh, this season. I, I do want to, um, you know, kind of you know, take this in a positive direction and kind of use this to kind of springboard us into the next topic, that is explaining why there is a lot of, um, you know, this Louisville squad it brings a lot of positives for the next head men's basketball coach. We'll talk about that here in just a second. After we talk about our friends at Built Bar this year, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I'm actually enjoying eating them. If you haven't tried the puffs, they're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. And they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, etc. They're going to be your new favorite. And spoiler alert, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high on protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories compared to a Built Bar, which contains about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, They'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. So do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Transitioning into the final segment of the show um, with the men's basketball team talking about why there is a lot of promise um, for the next head coach coming in in terms of this current roster. Look, um, I, I will say this to, to start out with. There's no guarantee of who's going to be here next year. Um, you know, some guys have college eligibility, but, um, you know, Jeremy Wallman on the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast said that, um, you know, Sam Williamson and Noah Locke are unlikely to be back next year. Um, obviously, that's um, you know what he said. I'm not you know saying that that is uh, you know set in stone or anything like that. Uh, it, it, it very well may be, but I'm just saying you know crediting the source in which it was said. Jared West does not have any college. Um, I don't think he has any. Um, just I don't think Jared West has any um, 
eligibility left. But Malik Williams is gone. Um, you know, shout out to Malik. Definitely appreciate him. But there's a lot of promise for the next head men's basketball coach on this roster. It starts with L. Ellis and Sidney Curry. We're all, you know, disclaimer. We assume that, you know, if I talk about, it, we're assuming that they're staying. If they're, you know, obviously you can say that. Okay, any of these guys can leave. Sure, they can. It's, um, you know, you get basically a one-time transfer as well. So, um, or immediate transfer. So you have to focus on that. And um, we're operating under the assumption that they're going to be back unless we hear otherwise. I think that obviously it starts out with L. Ellis and Sidney Curry talked about, you know, throughout the show that both these guys could end up being number one scoring options down the road. Sidney Curry is coming off of a 28.7 or 28.7 rebound outing against the, um, uh, against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Right now, he's averaging uh, you know 5.8 points per game and 3.6 rebounds. L. Ellis, on the other hand, 8.8 .8 points per game. Um, you know, I, I think that next year, they're both going to take a step you know, forward in their respective developments. Um, I Obviously, it seems like um, you know, Kenny Payne remains the fan favorite, although there's been kind of a push from the fan base for Eric Musselman from Arkansas. Um, Scott Drew from Baylor, which probably is not going to happen. I'll say that I don't think that um, Baylor, I don't think that Scott Drew would leave Baylor, um, you know, so on and so forth. So ultimately, we're, um, you know, kind of in a situation to where I think that it, it really just depends on the coach and which coach comes in, and that will kind of um, dictate which, you know, some coaches are better in terms of developing big men, some are better in guard plays, some are better in, you know, getting, you know, incoming freshmen to uh, play to a certain level. Ultimately, there's just a lot on this roster that, you know, has to bring some positivity for next year because there is some talent on this roster. I think that, uh, you know, whoever wants to come back is going to be welcomed back with open arms. Um, we start with Sidney Curry, L. Ellis. Also, you know, Roosevelt Wheeler is another guy, a freshman that hasn't necessarily played a ton, but you could see some, you know, some potential in his game. Mike James, the freshman that tore his Achilles earlier uh, before the season, you know, he there were some high hopes for him. You talk about the freshman class coming in: Kamari Lands, Frederick King, Tay Davis. Uh, all three of those guys have potential to be very, very solid throughout their career. Um, You also could talk about you know guys like Dre Davis. Um, moving on down the line, I think Mason Faulkner is also gone. You have Jalen Withers if he decides to come back. There's a lot of talent on this roster. Like obviously, a new coach will want to bring in some players. You know, you have the transfer portal. You have uh, incoming recruits and possibly you know reclassifications and stuff like that. I think that. You have to assume that whoever comes into this situation is going to have Louisville in the contention to make the big dance next season, um, especially if it's a guy like Kenny Payne or Eric Musselman or, you know, you know, knock on with Scott Drew. Um, I just don't necessarily uh, buy the fact that this team has no talent like some you know people in the national media want to claim. This team obviously has the talent, but as I've mentioned multiple, multiple times, it's a perfect storm of – you know, distractions and, you know, turmoil within, you know, the chemistry department and the the coaching fire, or not the firing, but the, um, you know, the, the head coach being gone. Excuse me. So you you have guys on this team next year. You, you look for L. Ellis and Sidney Curry to be kind of maybe the go-to guys for next year. 
Uh, Matt Cross, if he decides to come back, you know, the shooting's there. It just seems like he's in his head a little bit. Dre Davis um, has been very solid. If you get Jalen Withers back, you assume, you know, trying to get him back on track, at least the confidence has kind of been there throughout the back half of the season. Hopefully that can continue. You know, you have other guys throughout that, um, you know, hopefully, you know, Roosevelt Wheeler, Mike James, some of the younger guys that you look to develop as well. So overall, I mean, this is a, a roster that when you look at it, there's talent throughout and you have to assume that, you know, this next coach is going to welcome back whichever players that um, truly want to be back and then bring in some players for next season as well. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this basketball team makes the tournament next season. So we will continue to monitor that whenever we hear about a new coach, whenever that may be in the new hiring, I should say. That's going to, that's, uh, before we get out of here today, I want to give a couple quick shout outs first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. The most recent episode dropped on Sunday evening. You can check that out at cardinalsportszone.com. I want to say thank you again for making Locked On Mobile your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Mobile podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Um, the bonus episode should be out here in just a little while with the women's basketball team talking about the Sunday um, game against Notre Dame and then previewing the upcoming ACC Women's um, Conference Tournament. Now, do yourself a favor, make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker brings the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free, and wherever you, you get your podcasts, but that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. There's going to be no episode tomorrow, unfortunately. I apologize for um, that inconvenience, but we will be back um, with an episode for Wednesday, for Wallman Wednesday with uh, Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman likely will be in the virtual set with me. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. Everyone have a great start to your week, and we will see you right back here in a couple of days. Go Cards.